0: Welcome to the Appalachian Timber Ghost Outdoor Adventures Podcast. We're going to talk hunting, fishing, and everything outdoors. So pull up a seat and enjoy our campfire stories. Thanks for joining us. Hey guys, thanks for joining me tonight. Great to have you all back. For those of you who are consistently following me, I appreciate it. It's much appreciated. Um... So once again I was hoping not to do this to you guys but it was a couple weeks since I put out my last podcast so a little bit bummed about that. But basically what I've been up to is doing a little striper fishing. So that being said, um I basically sacrificed my turkey hunting this year to do some striper fishing so that's what I've been up to Um, but basically I uh, went out to public land opening day I had some uh, turkey close by and to my dismay and a little bit of a panic I had some birds down to my left I was on public land walked in there little bit unfamiliar with the with the area um there was like a there's like a old logging road there and uh DC you know they have a road that goes up it's kind of overgrown in certain spots but whatever the case may be I got a good area you know from it was really dark the moon wasn't really out and uh, I set my decoys up and about probably a hundred yards away these these birds are going off and I'm just like oh this is going to be good if I can just pull them in you know up the hill it'll be good so I started getting a crick in my neck and uh you know after a while like it's almost really painful you know like you're probably going to feel it for the next day and uh I figured you know I know where the birds are so I might as well get my arm my side up against the tree and this way I'll be looking forward and uh I won't get the crick in my neck. But lo and behold, I I get sideways on this tree and I look over to my left and there is a house really close. <laughs> like, really close. And I was, I was really happy that I saw it because if I'd stayed in the position I was and I let that shot go, it could have ended up to be really bad. I don't think anyone was in the house, there's a lot of weekend homes up here in the Catskills, um, when so I did drive down the road after I got out of the woods immediately, um, because I didn't want, you know, it, it was pointless at that, when am going to move my decoys around, it's, it's light out, and, you know, possibly spook birds, I was like, screw it, but I have been doing a lot of striper fishing this year, um, I you know, it's funny. I, I said on one podcast, I've I've been dabbling in this for years. I know what I need to do. I know the methods. I am amazing at catching herring. <laughs> it's like I had no problem this year with catching bait. Um had a lot of runs, a lot of broken lines, um fish on and off that I literally saw, like I had him he spooled me out probably a couple hundred yards and uh I got him in probably 50 yards 50 to 100 yards and it jumped it breached the water and and it popped my it popped my hook actually it literally broke the line um but um one thing i was talking with a a guy eric that i have become friends with through facebook actually and we actually happened to fish near the same place i just spooled i've been big, big on braid you know i do a lot of trolling for the trout and uh the one thing he said he goes man running that stuff on the river with the rocks he goes it frays and he goes you'll pop and i and i learned that it's like i popped a lot of lines man and it's it bummed me out and i actually went and re-spooled i went up and bought some mono um because it is the river the river's brutal on on the braid but um yes yeah, so Unfortunately, like I'm going to cut this short tonight. You know, I told you guys at the beginning, I, I don't want to be just babbling away on here. It, you know, if I can give you a good good show, I will. But for the most part, I want to have guests on. Whether it be you, if like I said, reach out to me. You know, we'll get on here and just chat. Um, like to hear your stories. But I've been having like a guest problem. You know, I was doing really good there. You know, I'm I think I'm like eight eight episodes in, but I will admit I've reached out to a lot of high profile people. I've been trying to, you know, it's funny too. I've been trying to get a female on here, a hunter, outdoors, you know, outdoors person. Um, but it's just like the one thing I'm seeing is like they're they're really crushing the market. I mean, you know, let's face it. You're a good-looking woman. It's almost like you could suck at hunting and (laughs) guys are going to follow you. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, it's funny. I was talking to a guy, a buddy of mine. I said to him, I said, there's this one girl on there. And I swear to God, I think all her pictures are are props. Um, As far as I think it's her, literally her husband. Because he's in some pictures. And... I think it's literally his deer she's dressing up in camo because like the camo's almost it's not stuff you would almost wear in the woods no joke I'm not even kidding you and uh she's got a ton of followers and I I laughed I said man I said I think the husband's getting the deer bringing it back she puts on some camo and, and holds the deer Um because I don't think I've seen one picture with her with, like, the rifle or anything or any pictures of her being in a tree stand. It's, it's laughable. But God bless, you now. Hey, you got 100,000 followers. You're doing a lot better than I am. But, yeah, so I reached out to a lot of high-profile people. Uh, one was actually cool, and I did. You know, a lot of people don't respond. That's what sucks. Um, but I did reach out to Roland Welker. He actually won the last season of Alone up at uh, Slave Lake. I tried to get into the Alone thing years ago, and it depends on where they're at, too. Like, you know, even, like, Survivor. You know, if you're on a tropical island, I mean, don't get me wrong, man. That's got its, you know, it's got its challenges. But I'm a northern boy. I love when people are challenged by the cold, I mean. To me, yeah, you're dealing with bugs and you know stuff that can kill you with venom. And <laughs> like I said, I am not taken away from people surviving in the jungle because <laughs> you're gonna see this boy in there. But I really appreciate the people who can survive in the uh, like cold weather. And that 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 was a hundred days, uh, for a million bucks. And Roland's people got back to me, which was really cool. But they said because. Of his remote living, <laughs> he's really not available to do any kind of media stuff. And from w- watching that season, he is from Alaska, and I believe he—I don't know if it's Alaskan Range or the Brooks Range. He live like I know where he's at, and it—it's like, yeah, you're not just chatting it up, but uh, you know, he's doing his thing. So, but I was really cool. It was really cool to get get a, you know a response really quick from those people. So, um and my other one which the guy's been really great he got me the guest um, for the rattlesnake episode I believe it was my second episode or maybe even my first I don't even remember but um, yeah I was a little bummed out with this Uh, I've been on a you know like I was talking about in one of the other podcasts how these Facebook groups are just brutal you know no matter what if you're right you're wrong people are always just gonna bash you and you know it's it, it gets to a point where it's ridiculous but it, this wasn't even on a hunting group or a fishing group it was actually on a uh i believe it's like a pictures group of the hudson valley and somebody took a picture of a coyote now <laughs> i'm gonna say it right now it's a coyote man I've you know especially when you're a hunter or an outdoors person where I've probably seen a hundred coyote man <laughs> easily you know and uh but right away the koi dog thing comes out and a guy my the guy I was just talking about before fish and Eric if you're listening man it was funny you know he said here we go with the koi dog thing and it's just... There's a lot of truth, and that's, that was what intrigued me to call D C for the uh, podcast interview, was to talk about that. Like, do do they monitor it? Um, is there a way to tell? Like, oh, yeah, look at that. That's a coy dog. I can tell, you know. And it wasn't like this picture was taken with, like, a telescopic lens where it was really where, like, wow, you know, that it looks a little bit, you know. because I, I was checking out some images on the Internet, and they were, like, you know professionally taken of koi dogs and they look like a coyote but there is that little bit to the like the snout in the face where it has that uh, domestic look to it but this picture I mean I'm gonna you know if I was to see the picture or that thing in the field I'm 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 going coyote and you know what the people are right that call it a koi dog god bless but I reached out I want to do that Would there be a possible reintroduction of wolves? And the big one that's always out is the mountain lion thing. And I'm going to say it right now. (laughs) It's like, and I don't care. I have seen a mountain lion in New York about three years ago. I was going to work early in the morning. Thought it was a deer. It was right on the side of 23. I mean, I passed this thing 10, 15 yards. I mean, I know a, a bobcat. I'm not an idiot and with a long tail and you know a five foot body looks like so I thought it was a deer at first and this thing bounded up you know you're probably familiar on most highways where they cut through like a a mountain they dynamite down into it now this was a cliff and this thing bounded up that thing like nobody's business first I identified it you know as I got up to it and it turned sideways I was like holy shit that's a that's a mountain lion and two bounds and this thing went up a 30 foot wall. I mean, it was it was insane. But I wanted to talk to him about that. And another time, that I, and I have friends to vouch for this. Uh, I was probably like 25 to 28 years ago. We hiked the Appalachian Trail a lot, and we bushwhack. We go where the normal crowd's not going. A lot of outcrops where you know. Evidence of old crumbling mountains, you know, like boulders, you know, the size of cliffs, and it was snow, snowy out, and you could see these paw prints, I mean, dude, (laughs) they were, like I said, I've been an outdoorsman my whole life, um, these were four to five inch pads, they were, they were huge, and you could see where the cat was up on the ledge, there was a rabbit down below, probably about 12 feet, um, and you can see where the cat jumped down. There was a skirmish and then the cat just walked away. You know, you can see the, the gate. And like I said, not, not a bobcat. But here's where there's the proof. About a week later, now this is the Appalachian Mountains. There was a lady down the ridge about five six miles but she had taken a picture of a mountain lion in her yard and it went into I, i'm going to call it the pauling gazette it was a small paper in the town of pauling and I tr- i've i been trying to look it up like google it but here's the deal there's no internet back then <laughs> you know it's not like you know there was a digital media of it I could probably maybe try to get a hold of the paper, maybe somewhere in the archives. Maybe they would have that. But I mean, it would be probably just trying to find a needle in the haystack. But the thing I, w- I wanted to reach out to those guys was about these three different things. And uh, I was really bummed out to get the response that he told me that there wasn't enough there to do a podcast. <laughs> uh you know, and and I get it. Like, you know, I gave him a few bolts about, like, you know, breeding pairs, um, sightings. And, I, I mean, I could come up with a plethora of questions for a biologist. Um, I, I was taken back by it. Because first off, I was thinking to myself, well, this is my podcast. If, if the guy basically just answers one question and says, yeah, there's no mountain lions. I could put that on my podcast, <laughs> you know, but they didn't give me the option, and uh, I wasn't going to push the envelope. Maybe I can revisit it down the line um, if I give them, you know, more detailed outline of my questions, but um, yeah, they didn't go along with it, so that was kind of a bummer. Because, you know, like I said, I, I could have made a 40-minute podcast out of that for sure. Because, um, you know, let's face it. You know, I know there's a lot of people that think, you know, D.C. did like covert dropping mountain lions in. And <laughs> after the reply, it's like now I'm almost wondering. You know, it's like, do they not want to talk about this? or? Um, because let's face it, we've become a nation of whiners <laughs> where the fact if they were let's say they really wanted that to happen and uh they, they publicly went out and said something they probably would get a lot of kickback like I could see people being like you know I, when I go up to the Adirondacks or the Catskills you know I don't want to have to worry about mountain lions or wolves but why would we not do that you know they were here at one point you know um Minnesota's got them, you know, what's to say even if we didn't do anything with them, could they make it around the Great Lakes through Ontario and, and go down? I mean, it could take years for that, but who's to say it wouldn't happen? Um, but the thing is, it's like you know, we've done elk in Pennsylvania, and I guess the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation years ago was talking with New York, and from what I understand, I'm going to look into it more, maybe I can even get somebody from the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation on here, is um they spent money just to try to do this like it was you know i'm sure to, to fly people out or i got to really look into it more but i did read a, a, a brief article on it and they spent money on it you know and then finally new york backed out because i guess there was there was uh you know, farmers saying that, you know, there'd be crop damage, and the habit, it's not a good habitat if they were to introduce elk, because they were talking about the Catskill Mountain uh, Park and the Adirondacks, but I guess after, you know, some flack kick back, back to my whining, um, you know, they didn't do it, so, and I'm sure, from what I understood, too, it was like, it was on the table, and it was like a one and done, man, it's like, We're not going to walk away from this after spending crap loads of money and then you say later on, like, hey, well, let's revisit this, you know, and I get it. You know, they want to, they want to put their money where they're going to be able to do great things for uh, elk, you know, and I get that. But, you know, let's face it, you know, there was that, that mountain lion, what, last year the year before, and they claimed it was from South Dakota you know, back to the covert, maybe, maybe that's what they're doing, smoking mirrors, you know, they can't tell the public the truth, as Jack Nicholson said, you can't handle the truth, um, but, you know, it would have been, a, it would have been cool to talk about that, because, you know, like I said, for me, just to talk about it, it's all this hearsay, and speculation on what other people think, and, but, you know, one thing I've, I've been getting into, I just bought a kayak, and I'm pretty excited about that, I want to get some video of, some kayak fishing also i don't know if you guys have heard um i want to try out mousing at night for trout uh never knew it was a thing never knew they even would eat a mouse but i guess from what i saw off a guide's website is that mice use rivers and creeks as kind of like highways at night that's interesting like i never would have thought that And I watched some videos of these guys mousing for trout, and they're getting some big trout, like big predator trout. So I actually did tie my first trout mouse, so that was kind of cool. It came out pretty good, too, because it's funny. uh, The ones I watched online, they do it out of deer hair. And I guess it's really good, too, because first off, it's lifelike, and it doesn't really get swamped with the water and sink it but I have to say my thing came out pretty cool maybe I'll take a picture of it and put it up on Facebook and Instagram but uh, I would definitely want to give it a try so but I'm not going to keep you guys much longer so like I said I just want to sit here and ramble but I do want to actually go to uh, you know my game warden news so and I did want to touch this is actually informative more than anything, there was, there was a couple stories, but just you know, they were running the mill, and I, nothing I really was intrigued. And it kind of sucks because I want to definitely hit stuff that happens around the country. But if you're in South Dakota and you want to be a game warden, I'm sorry, North Dakota, uh, they're giving out an examination to select district game wardens. The test is at 10 a.m. on June 11th at the department's main office in Bismarck. Uh, And I'm in civil service, so, you know, basically they have their uh, minimum qualifications. But you have to also register no later than June 8th, and you got to submit your online application through the North Dakota State Job Openings website. But back to the minimum quals like this is pretty I was pretty impressed man um, you have to be at least 21 years of age and have a bachelor's degree at the time of hire have a valid driver's license and a current North Dakota peace officer license or be eligible to be licensed Candidates must successfully complete a comprehensive background check and must not have a record of any felony convictions so hey if you're in North Dakota want to become a game officer Game warden, there you go. But let's get back to my home state of New York here. This one's really cool because uh, the guy he's actually in my gun club, one of the ECOs. So, but anyways, they were doing a boat patrol on the Hudson River for striped bass fishing enforcement, and uh, they were conducting a vessel check for fish on board, correct tackle as well as you know now that the circle hooks are in effect and uh, required safety equipment. And during the check, they discovered the guy had a large striped bass in the live well, and it measured 39 inches. Now, our slot to keep him here is 18 to 28, so got a little bit of a problem. So he was even asked about his marine registry uh, that's required to fish for striped bass, and he didn't have that either. So it's just like, what a, what a dumb move just totally criminal <laughs> you know it's like whatever but as they were still on the same patrol they also got another striped bass that may, and the guy was bragging about it to him <laughs> so it's great they probably asked me how's the fishing right quite a huge one and uh, it was 40 inches <laughs> it's like you can you can't make it up so uh he'll be going to court as well but I'm gonna end it on a great note this one's cool I'm a big duck guy. Uh, they received a call about baby wood ducks in Woodridge. And uh, a company was clear-cutting trees. And the worker, as he was cutting around the power lines, discovered the baby ducks in a tree that was cut down and quickly notified D.C. Props to that person, man. You know? Some guys might have just actually left him and, you know, oh, hopefully they'll make it. But uh, this guy literally, they had him in the hard hat and gave it over and they're going to rehabilitate him. So that's cool. So on that note, guys, I'm getting to bed. I've been working a lot of overtime. That's another reason why I really didn't have the time to do the podcast. So we'll try to keep up on it and try to get guests. So, all right, well, have a good night. Peace out. This episode of Appalachian Timber Ghost Outdoor Adventures Podcast was brought to you by Wild Kingdom Soap. Check us out on Instagram and Facebook. <laughs>